Good prayer for the new year. Uh, welcome to all those in the theater today. Thank you for coming. Welcome. We want to say welcome to the Facebook Live and to all those listening to podcast. Uh, thank you for tuning in. Uh, we have no, I have a sense there's going to be a lot of people listening this uh, this the coming week as they prepare for this year to see how they can uh, just start the year off right. Um, I'm excited for this new series we're going to kick off. It's a great way to always prepare for the future, to be looking forward to saying, uh, what, what what could 2017 be? And so we thought it would be a great way to start off by saying, what would it look like if we all got fit? Here's the good news. All right, You have a lot of messages out there saying, join a gym, join a club, you know, get all that. And that's important. I think physical health is important. But this series is not going to be about physical health. We're going to be talking about what it means to be spiritually fit. Uh, spiritual fitness is really important. And we're going to talk about that. One of the things that you'll hear us say a lot at our church, probably maybe the thing we say the most is this, is healthy people do healthy things. Healthy people do healthy things. The reason people are healthy is because they are doing healthy things. That's why they're healthy. A lot of times we think, or maybe it's not just, maybe it's just me, is we think that health is a destination. Like one day I'm going to have a healthy marriage, or one day I'm going to be healthy physically or spiritually, whatever it is that you're, you're, you're thinking. It's like, and we, sometimes we think it's a destination, but really health is not a destination. Health is a process. It's a process that you jump into and that you have to stay in. And as soon as you get out of that process, whatever got you to become healthy, if you don't continue that, you'll eventually become unhealthy in relationships, in our in, in relationship with our with our with our, our family, with our friends, with our spouses, with our uh, coworkers, whatever it is. If if you're not doing healthy things, you can't expect health. And so uh, we we as a church we believe in health in all different aspects. Uh, but this series we're going to talk about spiritual health and what that means for 2017. Because I believe this: uh, you can become healthy physically in every other area, but if you don't take care of your spiritual health, you will always be lacking and missing something in life because God designed us to have something that's deeper than just what you see, deeper than what you just feel. It's, it's, it's something that's unseen and unknown. And in that, if we'll embrace it, I promise you, if you'll embrace it and put him first, he will show you what, what, um, how, how much more he wants to do in your life than everything that you dream of. And so um, we saw, uh, my, my wife showed me a great meme on Facebook yesterday. It says this, um, I don't know if you can relate. Uh, my goal for 2017 is to accomplish the goals of 2016, which I should have done in 2015, because I made the promise in 2014, which I planned in 2013. Right? We laugh because we can relate. It's like, man, I've, I've been saying I want to do certain things for years, and it's, well, good news. This is the year. You can do it this year if you will just begin to, to put the right steps in place and begin to move forward and saying, you know, this is the year that, that I'm going to do the right things. Uh, last year, uh, we, we started the year off. I challenged you guys. I said, instead of thinking, sometimes we, we overestimate what we can do in a year. And, and so instead of trying to do too much, which is a lot of, a lot of, is the reason a lot of people give up on their goals and on their resolutions and all that is because they try to, to do too much too soon. I said, instead of trying to maybe overestimate what you can do in a year, what if you thought about what you can do in a couple of years? And, and what if you started off with just some small increment, incremental changes like 1%? We talked about 1%. If you missed it, go, go back and listen to the podcast. It was good. I think it would encourage you this year as you set the goals. Um, but just start off small. And I took it to heart last year. I, I, I implemented a couple of things that were just 1% changes, um, and, I, and I added it to what I was already doing, and I began to see the, the difference in that. So uh, th- this year we're talking about being spiritually fit. Don't don't try to accomplish too much too soon. Just just start be consistent in it. In the next few weeks we're gonna give you some tools of how to do this. And so when it comes to being spiritually fit. You know, um, for exercise it's, it's it's important. We should do it. Uh, but this is not gonna necessarily gonna be be that way. But I will tell you, I heard I heard a guy uh, the end of the end of uh, last year. Uh, he his goal was to lose 20 pounds. Right? He's like my 20, 2016 goal was to lose 20 pounds last year. And he says, well, I have uh, I only have 30 more pounds to go. And so uh, 
Let's not be those people, all right? Let's, let's, let's set it and let's do whatever it is. And, and for this year, when it comes to being spiritually fit, uh, what would it look like if, if we did this and what does that mean? So we're going to talk about this. Um, but when it comes to spiritual fitness, what, what we mean by this is being fit, it leads to the ability to not just cope with life, because this is some of the things that God accomplishes in us when we become healthy, when it comes in the spiritual, spiritual realm. It's not just to cope with life. That's important. We should be able to cope with stuff. But it's really to learn how to enjoy life and to live life to the full, to live the best life God wants for us. So when we're talking about spiritual fitness, this is why. Because when you um, allow God to work in your life and you, you work on the things you're supposed to work in and you become healthy spiritually, you will not just cope with life, but you'll actually really live the life God has for you to live. I can tell you. When people ask me, do you really believe the Bible? Do you believe all these things? Is it just something in your head? I says, no, I'm living it. Like when I do what it says, like I get what it says I'm going to get, and it's good. And when I neglect the Bible, I neglect the teachings of, of Christ and God, and I don't do it, I get the exact same thing it says I will get when I, when I don't do that. And so I, I'm living it, and I know that this is not just an idea. It's, it's, it's what works. And I know about you, I, I think most people just want to know, what, I just want something that works in life. And I would say find what works and then, and then just do it, embrace the process and continue to do what works in your life. Uh, we found this great um, um, picture online that the Navy put out for one of the chaplains of the Navy. It's, it's, it's a, a self-assessment for spiritual, your spiritual health assessment. All right? So if you look at this, at this, this, um, this diagram here, it's, it's, on the right side we have fit, we have stress, depleted, and drain. And it gives you these categories of these indicators of if you're fit, this is what, what you can expect when you're spiritually fit, you know, you can find these when it comes to physical fitness and emotional fitness. They have, they have these things to help you gauge where you're at. But for spiritual fitness, these are some of the things that you should be, be, be aware of. Um, like I'll pick the sixth one down, right? The sixth one down, um, respect for others. If you're fit, spiritually fit, you have respect for others. You, you understand you have a bigger picture of life. But when you're stressed... Um, your respect for others is, is it's less. It's lessened. So you have less respect for others. When you're depleted, you have st- strong disrespect for others. All of a sudden, disrespect for others just starts popping up like you just don't care. And when you're drained, you have c- complete disrespect for others. So when, when people say stuff and it really bo- bothers you, it might be an indication that, that you are not uh, fit spiritually. Like you, there, there's things in your life that you need to, to reorganize and reorient, reorient so you can um, be able to see clearly the way God wants you to. And that's what we want to talk about, about to d- this next few weeks and, and starting today is what does it look like to be fit spiritually? Um, here's the thing when it, when it comes to fitness. All right? we, we, we all know it's important when it comes to physical fitness, spiritual fitness, whatever kind of fitness it is. There's sometimes we, just, we tend to put it off and push it off to like, well, one day I'll do that. You know, um, for the last five years, I've been a part of this, this bike ride we do every September. We raise money for, for, for uh, charity, for missions, and, and do, do good causes. Uh, for disaster relief, and um, every year we train, and there's always a, a rider or two that that just show up like the day of the ride, and like, all right, I'm ready to do this. Like, uh, let's ride, and like, you're gonna ride 100 miles, and you never rode before, and you know that's not really a good plan. Like, well, I, I thought, you know, I'll be training while I ride, and you know, it'll work out. And typically, that doesn't work out. Our first year, we had a rider who didn't train enough. He, he, he did some training, but he didn't train enough, and he burnt up his back because he was pedaling too hard and stuff. It just wasn't good. He didn't finish the, the race. He st- spent a day in the hospital because of it, and it wasn't good because the best time to train for an event is not the day of and not when you need it. It's, it's weeks and months before. Here's the thing for 2017. In your relationships, in your life, um, health, being healthy is important to be, begin to put st- things in place that are going to help you to become healthy. 
You can't wait for the moment that you need those things. You have to be planning for them in advance. Uh, the best time to train for an event is not the day of, but weeks and months before. Feel that one? We have to train for what's ahead. And, and I guarantee you, 2017, it could be a great year, and I think God wants to do things uh, in your life. But a lot of times I think the year is really meant for us to build to the next year. Like 2017, yeah, we can accomplish good things. And you will accomplish good things if in 2016 you are putting some really key things in place. Like if you had some healthy disciplines in 2016, all the fruit of 2016 will bleed into 2017. If you didn't, then 2017 really needs to be a year where you say, I need to begin to put healthy things in place so I can get to a place that God has for me. You know, um, for, for, for you and, and when, when, when I don't exercise um, on a regular basis, my body tells me. Like my back, I carry the stress on my lower back. And so when I'm not exercising consistently, my lower back begins to hurt a lot. It's hard to sleep. I wake up with back pain, all that stuff. But why? Because the indicator is saying you're not taking care. You're not, you're not physically uh, fit. You're not healthy. Well, in the spiritual sense, there's indicators the same way. In that picture we show, there's indicators like that, how I respond to others, um, how I view life, what my goals are, what I focus on. When I'm un, unfit spiritually, I focus on the wrong things and I can feel it and I can sense it and i know that something's not right things within my life scream and say there's something not right and we have to fix that um and so we're going to be talking about that when when it comes to being spiritually fit i guess the the thing i want to start off with is if you're going to be um become healthy in, in your relationship with god this year in 2017 i would say that's the most important thing you could do but if you're going to you have to start with the right things um in 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 the gospels Every gospel writer would record the teachings of Jesus. And in Matthew, he, he starts recording what Jesus' first sermon uh, ever recorded was, the Sermon on the Mount. In chapter 5, chapter 6, chapter 7, he begins to go through these teachings that Jesus would, would teach. He says, so the kingdom of God is like this. He'd explain it. This is what it looks like to belong to the kingdom of God. And, and he begins to tell these teachings that you'll, you'll be happy, you'll be blessed if you do these things. Um, when you pray, you should do it this way. Um, when you give, you should do it this way. And he goes through all these different teachings of, of loving your neighbor and throughout it. Well, and at the end of, of, that, of that sermon, he comes to a point where he kind of ends it and kind of um, um, summarizes really what he said and, and how we should, we should apply these things if we're going to be healthy, if we're going to be, be able to accomplish what he wants us to accomplish. And this is what he says in Matthew 7. Matthew seven twenty four to 27, he says it like this. He says, anyone, remember he just gave all his teachings. He's saying, here's all the things that the kingdom of God's about. He says, anyone who listens to my teaching and follows it is wise. Like a person who builds a house on solid rock. Anyone who listens to my teaching and does them is a wise person that builds, is like building a house upon a rock. In the Gospel of Luke, it actually says um, that a person like building a house who digs down deep and lays a foundation on solid rock. Right? He's looking for that solid foundation to, lay his, to build his life on. Though the rain comes in torrents and the floodwaters rise and the winds beat against the house, it won't collapse because it's built on bedrock. So the wise person builds his house upon something solid, a foundation that's solid, and when the storms come, the house stays standing because it was prepared. But anyone who hears my teachings and doesn't obey it is foolish. Next one. Like a person who builds a house on sand. All right? It's so a foolish person, just builds his, his life on the sand. When the rains and the floods come and the wise beat against that house, it will collapse with a mighty crash. So just saying, when you do these things, you will, you, if you're wise and you do these and you, you pay attention to what I'm saying, you, you will build your house upon, your life upon something solid. But if you don't, you build your life upon something like, like sand. When the, when the difficulties come, it will crash and it will, 
It will fall. It will collapse into a heap of ruins. Here's the thing about, about, about this comparison of the wise and the foolish builder. Is, is notice that the storms and the floodwaters and the winds, they come to both the wise and the foolish. 2017, we'll have challenges. And challenges aren't always necessarily a bad thing. A lot of times they're, very, they're, they're a good thing. So the storm hits the house of the wise and it hits the house of the foolish. The storms come for both. But who was prepared to, to, to withstand those storms? You know, we could, we could say physically, we could say um, financially, mentally. All those things are important. When you're building your life upon something solid, you'll have the right things in place. When the storms come, whatever that storm is, you'll be able to withstand it. In a spiritual sense, when we, when we face things, when we build our life upon a solid foundation, we can withstand even difficulties in life. Because 2017, I guarantee you can have some, some challenges. Reflecting on 2016, um, our church grew a lot. Uh, we accomplished some great things. But in ministry, for, for me personally, it was the hardest year of ministry ever. Um, but yet we grew in the middle of all those. Like some of the different challenges that behind the scenes you would never know about, you don't need to know about. But in those hard challenges, I grew as a person. The church grew, and it was amazing to see how God was able to do things, even though at times I thought, man, this is, this is going to be really hard to overcome, or this is going to be tough to get through. But we got through it. And one of the reasons we got through it is not because is because we were prepared for those things long in advance. We had been preparing for them the year before and the year before that with relationships, with the people I knew I could go to and talk to, get advice, who I can call, who I can, who can, I can learn and grow from. I wasn't doing it on my own. So I was, we were prepared for it because the storms will hit. They hit in 2016, and it was a great year, but it was a very hard year for me, but it was a great year, and God did amazing things. Um, the storms come. That's not a bad thing. It, it tests it. Because here's what happens when the storms come. A storm always reveals the foundation. And I think that's the beauty of, of, of challenges a lot of times. Is, it's God's way of saying, all right, you're facing this challenge. Why are you freaking out? The reason you're freaking out is because you built your life upon sand. And, and you should freak out because you, 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 you bought into something that you shouldn't have bought into. You built your life upon, you chased after something that would never bring you any fulfillment. And it reveals it. And that could be a gift by God saying, hey, don't do that again. 2017, let's not build our life upon all those things. Let's build it upon something that's going to be solid, something that's going to work, not that it doesn't, doesn't work. Because we have messages all around us all the time with media, with, with, with um, famous people, whatever, saying if you do these things, you'll be happy in life. And then people try it, and they end up building life upon sand. And when the storms come, they have nothing to show for their life because they were focused on the wrong thing. The other thing about this, this comparison is the outcome was based on the first step. The outcome was based on what they started with. The wise person, he started with working on the foundation, getting a foundation. You know, I, I saw a documentary a while back, and uh, these, these skyscrapers in New York, and they're talking about the bedrock that's there. It's, it's unique. It's, it's really hard, hard rock that's underneath the ground. And one of the reasons they can go so high is because the rock is so strong underneath the, underneath the ground that they drill into it and they anchor themselves into, the, into this bedrock. Uh, which allows them to be, be build really, really, really high. And your life, if you anchor into the right thing, you'll be able to accomplish a lot with your life. And when the storms come, it won't mess you up. It won't, it won't cause you to, to fall over and to, to break and to crumble, but you'll be able to withstand those things. The outcome, though, the foolish person was different because the first step wasn't let's get it right in the beginning. It was let's just go for it. For whatever reason, maybe maybe it's being lazy. Sometimes that's part of the foolish thing is, well, I would just, we don't have time for that. We'll do that in 2018 or 2019. One day I'll, I'll focus on that. One day I'll commit to this. For laziness, um, maybe, it's, maybe it's just ignorance, not knowing, like, oh, there's something better in life than this. I just I thought this was the only way to, get to do things. 
or maybe just convenience, what's easy, and, and just go with, with the feeling. But the outcome was based upon the first step. 2017, in, the, in, in, in a year, 12 months, we'll look back, and what we have and what we've built will be because of intentionality, because we said we have to put these things first. Um, the outcome is based on the first step. So your outcome in 2017 will be based upon what you do. And really, I'm going to say in these next few weeks, next few days, what you decide to do in these next few days will, will establish a foundation for this year. Um, and, and even though we're talking about being spiritually fit, you should think through all the different areas of your life. What is it relationally? What do you want to accomplish? Physically, what do you want to accomplish? Financially, what do you want to accomplish? Uh, but, but this series, we're going to say spiritually, let's focus on this this year. Say, with, with this, I'm going to give you some tools to say, how can we focus on what God wants to do? Uh, I, I, I doubled up this slide. Go to the next one for me, please. One of, one of Jesus' teaching in the sermon that, that he just ended with, uh, in the middle of it, he says this. He says that if we seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, all these other things will be taken care of. Like He's telling us like there's all these things we could focus on in life. Right? And, and he's saying don't worry about this thing and don't worry about this thing. Just trust God. Put him first. And then he'll let all those things that we typically worry about, they'll take care of themselves. Like God will work them out. And what he's saying is if you put God first... All the other stuff that we worry about and we, we tend to, to, to occupy our mind, occupy a lot of our, our thought time, uh, time, time of our train of thought and, and energy, those things will be taken care of if we'll put the first things first. See, what happens, like the foolish person, is we want to start building things, and a lot of times it's, they're not bad things. It's, 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 we, we can call them second things. All right? the, the structure is actually a second thing. It's not a first thing. But our culture is so, uh, we're so intrigued with second things. We see second things. We see the wealth. We see the, um, the, the things that look good in other people's lives, and we want that. But we don't realize that there's a first thing that comes before they actually attain that. We want to succeed in life, life like others, but we don't always understand that there was something that was first to get them to that spot. And a lot of times people want, they want to make money off us. So they say, well, if you do these things, you'll have this. And really, we neglect the important thing because we go after the second thing, and we lose actually both of them. You don't get either of them. So if you focus on just second things, you'll never have first things, and your second things will eventually go away. But Jesus is saying if you focus on first things, you'll always get the second things included in. And a lot of times they'll be better than what you thought because God's going to give you what you really need, not just what you wanted. If you put him first, he'll help you on the rest of the journey. That's why Sunday church, church, coming to church is so important on Sundays because you're saying, God, I'm putting you first this week. We start off a week, Sunday morning, by worship, by, by declaring that God is good. And then we say, I'm going to put you first this week. Would you help me? It's a foundation for that week. You're saying, this week, I need some, some fuel. I need some energy. I need some strength to be able to make it through this week. And then when you become healthy, and you, become, um, more, you, you begin to grow mature, on Monday, you're putting some, some things in place that you're helping you stay fed and helping you stay, stay physical, uh, spiritually fit. So first things. What are first things? First things are the important things. First things are those things that if you neglect, it will always bring death to something. So in, in, in your workplace, if you neglect important things, the first things, eventually you won't have a job. In your marriage, if you neglect first things like um, communication and talking, if you neglect that, eventually you won't have a marriage. First things always result, if you neglect them, always result in the death of something. Now, second things are always the urgent things that rise up, and, and they're, not always, they're not always important. They're, they're urgent, they're loud, they make a lot of noise. They're always, they're always going for our attention, but they're really not that important. And if you don't do those things, a lot of times it doesn't really it doesn't affect you all that much. If I never logged on to Facebook, my life would be okay, right? Like if my phone pings and somebody texted me at this moment, 
I mean, there, there are occasions that you probably need to answer that text or that phone call. But typically, those things that are, you know, in the middle of a meeting and some, somebody, your, your phone buzzes, you know, it, it's going to be okay. You don't have to worry about, about those things. And typically, if those even never happen, it wouldn't be that big of a deal. But those things are always urgent. They're always crying for our attention, saying, I'm important. I, you need to do me first. You need to do me first. And what, what's sad is a lot of times we focus on the second things and we neglect the first things. And we lose the first things, that, the important things, because we never focused on them. Um, there, there was a, this last year, one of my goals for, was, was to, to, to get better and, um, and, and physically um, to, to, to exercise more often. I do really good from the summer until the bike ride because I work really hard from about uh, May all the way through September. And then after the 500 miles, I put my bike away and I just kind of take it easy. And then everything, it just gets crazy with the end of the se- year season. Um, and so last year I said, you know what, I'm going to do that 1% change. I'm going to just do a couple things. And so I, I figured out my schedule and said these things will work. And I, I began to implement small changes and, and, and got my family on board saying, hey, these are the days that I'm going to be gone. This is the time I'll be exercising. Uh, well, at, at, the, at the Chavez Center, I'll, I'll go swim and, and exercise, run like that. And it, it made a big, big difference for Bike for Light. I was in better shape. Um, I did a, um, um, a sprint triathlon for the first time this year. It was just awesome. It was fun to, to, exper- to experience and do because I was preparing for it. Um, and, I, and I got into that. Well, one of the things at, at the, the Chavez Center is I have a friend that goes there, and he works out, and a very strong guy, like um, muscular and built and big. Um, and, and this guy um, had some heart issues, and, um, and he had to go to the doctor for some heart issues. And, and, and if you look at him, you think, man, this guy is fit. He's in shape. And the doctor says, no, you're, you need exercise. He's like, I exercise every day. He's like, no, that's the wrong kind of exercise. So this guy was doing a lot of, a lot of weights and, and getting a lot of muscle, uh, but he was doing no cardio. And the doctor says, if you don't change what you're doing, you will not be able to last. You might look good, but you're still going to die. Um, so you've got to change your routine a little bit, and you've got to get some, some heart exercise. Because you can look good on the outside, and I'm going to say that's a secondary thing, right? Exercise should be about what's really important, the heart. Um, and, and I'm talking about your physical heart, you know, that you, you're making it strong. Um, and, and you can't focus on the wrong things. Anyways, because he was focused on the wrong things, um, he had to change the routine so he could become healthy. When it comes to being spiritually fit, it's the same thing. We, we, we focus on the external things, and we want those things, and we, we desire those things, but a lot of times it starts where nobody else is watching and nobody else sees. Uh, first things are those things that a lot of times nobody even knows about. Um, it's, it's, it's done in secret. It's done when there's not lights and there's not music going on. It's, it's done when you're alone. Um, one of the things that I would challenge us to do is if you're going to become spiritually fit, you have, to, you have to start exercising in two specific ways. I would say probably the, one of the two most important things you need to do when it comes to following, following God and trying to figure out what he has for your life is you have to do two things. It's prayer and it's Bible study. Two exercises. If you're going to be spiritually fit, you need to have this a part of your daily routine. And don't let this freak you out because sometimes people, we think too big. We overestimate, we overanalyze um, and think that we have to do all, that. we have to read the whole Bible in this, this next week if we're going to be spiritually fit. No, that's not going to work. That's why people give up on stuff because they try to go too much too soon. But prayer and Bible study, what if you begin to do small incremental changes? You know, one of the guys in our church, he says his routine is before he pulls out of his driveway, he spends five minutes just praying, saying, God, help me today. And just takes those few minutes before he even leaves. And the reason it works is because it's part of his routine. Maybe five minutes is a little too much. Maybe it's two minutes. Start with two minutes. Just start with something in your routine that you can, you can add to something you're already doing uh, when you're driving. Well, great thing about, about, about technology is you can listen to the Bible. The Bible can read to you now when you drive. 
So instead of listening to, you know, um, Coldplay, which is good, good music, but you could put on your, your Bible app and you could listen to the Gospel of, of Matthew. And you could read, hear a whole chapter and then maybe repeat it, hear it again before you get to work. Just figure out ways to get this in you. Because I'm going to tell you the truth, feeding one time a week is not enough for you to be spiritually fit. Exercising one time a week is not enough. You have to get routines and habits to help you become what God wants you to become. It's a prayer. Prayer is just conversation with God. Bible study is, is, is reading the Bible. It's, it's, getting, um, it's allowing God to, to work in you and to teach you things as you read the Bible. You know, the cool thing about the Bible is it's, it's the only book that will actually read you. Now, you're reading it, but it's really reading you. What I mean by that is when you, when you read and, and, you're, and you're paying attention, you'll begin to realize, like, I needed exactly what I just read. And it's, it's, it's nourishment to our spirit and our soul when we read the Bible. It, it's food for us. And when we begin to do it, we actually begin to build our life upon something solid. And this is what Jesus was saying. He says, if the wise person hears my teaching and does what, I said, what, what I've said, it's like building a house upon a solid foundation. Well, if you're going to build your life upon something solid, you first have to know what those things are you're supposed to build on, right? That's what Jesus is saying. If you hear my teachings and you do these, well, what are his teachings? They're in the Bible. And the, gospel, the gospels are they're, they're there. They're recorded. Gospel means good news. So the four, four first books of the New Testament are about the good news that Jesus brought, saying life can be better than what you've had. 2017 can be better than 2016 or even the years previous if, if you'll do these things. And he's trying to give us these teachings. Well, if we're going to be healthy um, Christians, healthy believers, if we want to become healthy spiritually, we have to get a habit of saying, I need to exercise with these things on a regular basis. I have to figure this thing out. What, is it, what does it look like to, to have prayer and Bible study as a part of my, my routine, as a part of my, um, what I do? Um, a couple of things when it comes to Bible study. You don't have to complicate it. You know, it could be, it could be a couple of verses where you, where you, where you read that, that verse. We just read a couple today. Um, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. Maybe that would be the verse this week that you can really say, what does this mean? God, help me to see what this means in my life. And maybe you write it somewhere. You stick it on the mirror. You stick it on your, like somewhere in your car where you see it. You say, okay, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. Everything else will be taken care of. What does that mean, God? And, and you begin to, when you, when you read the Bible, you want to observe. You want to pay attention to what, what you're reading. And then at some point you want to ask God, what does this mean to my life today? And then you invite him to actually help you accomplish that. God, today would you help me to put you first? Would you help me to do these things? Because when you do first things first, you always build a solid, a good, healthy foundation. When, when it comes time to second things, your, 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 your structure will stand because you built on the right things. One of the things that we do every year uh, to start off the, the new year is as a church, we, we, we challenge people to do 21 days of prayer and fasting. So today's the first. So from now until the 21st, we say, would you start your year off by, by committing time to pray and to fast. Fasting, what fasting is, is it's, it's, uh, the, it's a discipline, a spiritual discipline of denying ourselves something, specifically food. Uh, the Bible really uses the example of food, but there's other things that you, you can deny yourself. You can deny yourself things like Facebook. Um, uh, some people, for 21 days, they won't eat no sweets, no sugars for 21 days. They deny themselves saying, okay, I'm going to say no to this thing that I really want um, so that I can say yes to something greater. I want to say yes to God's will for my life. I want to say yes. I want to, I want to be able to hear God better. And so what happens is, is uh, I, don't, I don't necessarily like fasting because I really like food. Um, if you know my wife, she's a great cook, so I really like her food because uh, it's amazing. Uh, she made these uh, biscuits last night. They're homemade. And uh, Joaquin, he, you know, when you buy stuff from the store and packages, he always says you cheated. And so she said, I didn't cheat today. These are like from scratch, and um, they were awesome. 
Uh, she makes good food. Um, I'm looking forward to eating some more soon. But um, I don't like necessarily like fasting because I like food. But what fasting does when I say no to something I really like, I'm actually saying yes to something else that's more important. And I'm, I'm able to, um, to control one appetite um, so that I can, I can acquire other appetites in my life. So if you have a really um, um, strong you know, addiction, there's something that you're trying to overcome, I, I promise if you would begin with food, it's really important to us, it, we need it. But if you would say, you know what, I'm going to deny myself this appetite, those other appetites will begin to quiet down also. You'll, you, they'll, 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 we'll be able to say, you know what, those are not as important. Because what, what fasting is, it's another form of prayer. It's, it's a physical, physical way of saying, I want more of you in my life, God. Like, I'm going to say no to food so I can say yes to you. And what happens is our flesh, our body, it gets, it, first it gets really loud because it screams at us, but eventually it'll quiet down. And that's when we can actually have our spirit actually hear from God and what he wants to say. It's a way of our spirit getting stronger by saying no to something that our flesh wants or our body wants. The great thing about, about, not, about not eating food or fasting is you always have this reminder throughout the day, like my stomach will growl and tell me like, man, you need to feed me. I want some food. And when it does that, it reminds me, oh yeah, I'm not eating today. I'm not eating for this meal. Why? Because I'm, I'm, I'm hungry for something greater than just food. Pizza's great, but I want something more that God has for me. And so I would challenge you for, for, this, for 21 days. All right? I'm not saying do all 21 days. If you've never done it, don't do it. Um, if, if you have health issues, talk to a doctor before you just cut off food and sugars and stuff like that because that could be dangerous. Um, but I would, I would encourage you to learn about it, read about it, figure out what you can do um, this next week. On our, our webpage, if you go to our webpage, uh, grovesantafe.com, 21 days, 21 dash days, um, we'll have some resources there. We have a, a couple of tabs that are highlighted. If, it'll say prayer resource. If you want to learn more about prayer, there's some tools there. Um, you might be like me. I get distracted when I pray, and, and as I'm praying, sometimes I, I start thinking of other things. Well, we have a tool. It's called Pray First, and what it is is it's, it's a way to keep you on track. So it, it says pray for these things. There's some scriptures. You know, pray this scripture and pray this, and it'll walk you through that to give you um, just a track to, 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 to walk on to be able to accomplish something um, that's focused with prayer. Uh, there's another resource. It's called Fasting Resource. Uh, there's articles about fasting, what fasting is. It talks some scriptures and um, examples of what that looks like. Uh, we have types of fast that are on there. Uh, there's a Daniel's fast, which means you cut out meats and rich foods. You only eat vegetables and fruit. Um, it's a very healthy fast, but it's very difficult to do still uh, if you can do it for a few days. Uh, but I would encourage you to do this. For, um, uh, for, 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 for the month of January, uh, would you skip a meal or maybe three meals or maybe a few days, maybe three days this, this next, next three weeks? What would, it, what would it look like if you would say no to something that's, that you really want so you could say yes to something that God has? Um, if we begin to think that way and say, God, we want, we want to start our year off by putting you first, God always responds by saying, okay, you put me first, you build on that foundation, I will bless whatever else comes. It's a great way to start the year off by saying, 2017, God, I want to put you first. See, in, in, in Jesus' teachings, he says a few things. He says when you pray and when you fast and when you give, it's, it's, this, it's making this assumption that Christ followers are going to do these things, that we're going to pray, that we're going to fast, and that we're going to give. We're going to, we're going to be generous people. He's saying that when you do these things, and then he teaches us how to do them, go through the Gospels, learn those things. What, what does it look like to do this in a healthy way? What does it look like to be spiritually fit? Um, so when you fast, it's, you go without food. It's not, it's not doing something religious. It's doing something that is between you and God. It's saying, God, I want... I want more of you in my life. 
So I'm saying no to this. I can say yes to you. Uh, Go to the next one for me. So here's our challenge for today. All right? Our challenge is this. Put first things first and put second things second. If you're going to be spiritually fit, you need to learn how to put first things first and second things second. If you're going to become uh, spiritually healthy and spiritually fit, you need to learn to say, God, I need to put you first in my day. I need to figure out how to do this. Uh, I would encourage you to write down some of the things you're learning. If you want to remember what you've learned, get a journal. Just You don't have to write a lot. Just that day, I read this verse. This is what I believe God spoke to me. This is what I think I'm supposed to do with it. Um, and, and then just move on. And move on to the next thing. Become Just slowly build those disciplines and those habits in your life that will help you become healthy. So build, build your life on a solid foundation. Um, and then you'll be able to accomplish everything that you've always wanted to accomplish. I promise you. You'll be able to accomplish even more because it'll be God's help saying, all right. And here's the good thing. When things do get hard and you've built your life on something solid, your life is not going to fall apart. You'll be able to withstand those difficulties and those storms because you chose to start with the solid foundation. Um, I know there's some people in this room, you've come to church, and maybe that you've, maybe you haven't been in church for a long time. Uh, some of you have come because, well, it's a new year and I want a new start. I think it's the best place you could have come. Uh, one of the things that I love to do as a pastor is to be able to say, um, if, you don't know, if you don't know God, you don't have a relationship with him, the Bible talks over and over about these people that stepped out in faith and, and it says that they were the friends of God. Like they began to trust him and, and they were known as friends of God. And there's some people in this room that you would say, I am not a friend of God. I am far from God. I don't know God. I don't know anything about God. You came to the right place. Uh, we want to help you in, uh, start this journey by saying, and especially this year by saying, God, I want to put you first. I want to invite you to lead and to guide. And one of the, one of the things that the Bible talks about that it takes is faith. Faith is, is part of that foundation of just believing that there is a God and that, that, that he does exist and that he has a plan for our life and that, um, that, that the foundation he wants you to build on really is, is good and it works. It's faith. It takes faith to say, I believe and I, I need help with this. And, um, and if you're here today, as I talk about being spiritually fit, uh, you, have, you would know right away if you're, if you're spiritually fit or not. Uh, we have a sense. I know when I'm not. I know when I'm weak and I haven't been, been praying or reading enough. Uh, the Bible enough when I haven't had, there's other disciplines that go along with it that keep us spiritually fit. We'll give you some more tools um, for that. I know when I'm not doing those things because the same way my back yells at me, my spirit yells at me and, and my flesh yells at me. My flesh gets stronger because now I'm frustrated because of all these other things that are happening because I'm not paying attention to the important things. I'm not building my life on something solid. So today, if you're here, here's, here's my invitation. All right. What better way to start off the year than by, by saying, God, I want, I want, I want to know you. Uh, I want to be your friend. I want, to, I want to know the plans you have for my life. What would 2017 look like if, if you said, God, I want to put you first in everything I do? 2 Corinthians 5.17 says this. This means that anyone who belongs to Christ has become a new person. The old life is gone. A new life has begun. Anyone who comes to Christ in faith and says, God, I will put my trust in you, becomes a new person. The old life is gone. The new life is begun. Right before this verse, it says this. It says, since we believe that Christ died for all, we also believe that, he, that we have all died to our old life. He died for everyone so that those who receive his new life will no longer live for themselves. Instead, they will live for Christ who died and was raised for them. Since we believe Christ died for us. This is the story of the gospel. The reason it's called good news is because God came to show us a better way. 
And then he died to give us a way back to God. He sacrificed his life for us. And today there's some people in this room that have to have, that you need to have a new start. You need a fresh start. And then after this decision today, you need to put God first in everything you do. You, you get, like like this, this verse says, we no longer live for ourselves, but we live for something greater. And we invite God to lead us in that. So do me a favor. Would you close your eyes and bow your heads today? We wrap up service. If you're here today and you're far from God, you know it, but you want to make, you want to change that. You would like to invite God to into your life. You'd like to invite God to lead you. Would you do me a favor and just raise your hand so I know you're here? I'm going to lead you in a prayer. I'm not going to call you down. I see your hands. Awesome. I see your hands. What a great way to start a year by saying, God, I want a new start. I need a fresh start. I want to put you first. I want to be healthy because I, I know it produces good things in my life. Anybody else here today? Say, I, I need God. Awesome. I right, feel you raise your hand. I'll lead you in a prayer where you're at in your seat. It's just a simple prayer, invitation of starting a journey, a relationship with God. The Bible says that if we acknowledge that we need his help, if we acknowledge that we're lost without him, if we acknowledge that we've sinned, that he, he responds by saying, I forgive you. I forgive you of all your past. And then he invites us into this journey, this relationship with him. And he says, just follow my lead. Let me lead. And so this prayer is just an invitation of saying, God, I want you to lead my life. Forgive me. Help me. So if you raised your hand, would you pray this prayer with me? If you're, if you're a Christ follower in this room, would you join us in praying so they're not, they're not praying alone? Say this. Say, Father, I need your help. Please forgive me of my sin, of my poor choices. Help me to live a life that will please you. I believe you died on that cross for me. I believe you're alive today. So I invite you today into my life. Lead me and guide me. Let 2017 be a year that I put you first. Help me to do that. Help me to follow your lead this year. I start today. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.